0: truly inclusive, when I was thinking about a sermon on inclusivity, I went back to my days in high school. Did you play sports while you were in high school? Do you remember those bus trips? Well, I was on a cross-country team with 35 guys. We always razzed each other, and one way we razzed each other, and uh, uh, somebody would stand up and give an announcement, and they always begin it like this, ladies and gentlemen and Bill, or ladies and gentlemen and Kurt, that's me. And so it was just a way of what? Giving a little... Um, put down that's all I, ladies and gentlemen so and so just a put down and I remember we we're on a bus coming back from a meet in which we are supposed to win by a much a much wider margin and the coach was a little bit upset with us and somebody sneezed loudly and with that theme arousing each other somebody said God bless you because nobody else will and so our coach heard that and said who said that <laughs> okay well this one guy said it and said okay I'm done with you guys you pull the bus over, six miles away from Euclid High School, that's my high school, we jog back, okay? So today I want to talk to you about inclusivity. Have you ever felt included or not included? You know, more like ladies and gentlemen in Kurt. Can I go back in time in your minds? Were you not invited to a birthday party when everyone else in the class was? Or maybe the Friends in the Neighborhood are having a get-together and you weren't invited? Can I ask you to pull up those bad memories from your heart, a time that you were not included? And everyone in your neighborhood is having a party, but not you. Uh, Didn't that hurt a little bit? Your friends got together when you were in junior high school, but you were invited to a party. Can you remember that? Or maybe you really were included and it really made you feel good. Hey, we have to make sure that this person's invited and that this person's welcomed. Come sit with us. Sometimes, um, even for us adults, our, our junior high and high school years can be quite painful. Well, we don't want you sitting with us, and who exactly are you, or you don't have the right last name, or whatever. Every time you felt included or not included, um, when I think about that, I think about uh, this book written by Dr. who? Now, now most of us here probably don't realize, but Dr. Seuss uh, was a Missouri Synod Lutheran. Oh, it's true. And he wrote his books not for children, but for who? Adults. That really was, in many ways, we we sometimes see Christian education for children. Well, Christian education many times is for adults much more. Uh, But Dr. Seuss wrote books in children's language that were directed toward adults. And one of the series of books he, he wrote was The Sneetches. And The Sneetches is about a group of people who didn't include other people because they were special because they had stars on their stomach. And they were a little bit better because they had stars in their stomach, and the other group what? Didn't. And so the other group wanted stars in their stomach so that they could be feel just as welcomed. So they invented a machine which had stars in their stomach, which made the original people say, that's not good, we're no longer better. So they invented, invented a machine that took the stars off their stomach. And that way we can be, what, a little bit better than them. And then they invented a machine and went back and forth. But Dr. Seuss gets to the point in this series of book of sneeches and other stories about how sometimes people want to believe they're a little bit, what, better than others and why I don't have to include or include others because I'm a little better, I'm a little cuter, I'm a little richer, I'm a little nicer, I'm a little smarter. And that's the point of Dr. Seuss' books, the point of teaching, how can I say it, to include everyone. Um, I'd like to ask this question about once a year. Who's more important in the kingdom of God? The newly baptized? where we saw Capri Shiloh be baptized. Uh, Those on their deathbed. Who's more important in the kingdom of God? Larger contributors? Who's more important? Youth? Who's more important? Confirmed members? Is it new members? Is it members with lots of family who happen to be in our church for generations and decades and decades? Uh, Or is it guests? So can I ask you if you want to rate those Who's more important in the kingdom of God from those? Who would you rank at top and rank at the bottom? Go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, you're all shaking your head They did the same thing at the 8 o'clock service because no one is more important than the kingdom of God, correct? Because who is important in the kingdom of God? Everyone is important in the kingdom of God. From the newly confirmed to those in their deathbed, God has a plan for them all and God loves them all dearly. All are important in the kingdom of God. Who? We ask that. So here is Jonah. Now, y'all remember Jonah because Jonah was swallowed by the big what? What we don't understand about Jonah is that Jonah was asked to go share the gospel and the message of repentance with his enemies, the Ninevites. That's like asking you and me, um, why don't we go to Russia and preach the gospel to Putin? Because right now we're not really very happy with that situation. Or that's sort of like asking you and me, Pastor, why don't you go and proclaim the gospel to Al-Qaeda? Well, right now, most of us are not, what, pleased with Al-Qaeda. God, I have a better plan. Why don't you just skip the gospel part and bring down fire and brimstone, right? That's what I would do. But that's not who God is. And so God told Jonah, go share the good news and ask Nineveh to repent. And Jonah said, nah. So he took the boat the other way. You know the rest of the story. What happened? What happened? boat rocked and rolled they throw Jonah out a fish swallowed him and spit him on shore right and Jonah wore sackcloth and ashes and said oh I don't want to do this but the people of Nineveh repented and they came close to God and God showered grace upon them. and there is Jonah pouting God I wanted you to smash them instead you forgave them the lesson the message of inclusion is that God loves who and God's mercy is for who Including Al-Qaeda, including Putin, and including maybe the person that we're not really happy with right now. That's the message of inclusion. Inclusive, that's sort of a trip word. That's sort of a key word in our society now. I mean, there's not a whole lot of commercials. There's not a whole lot of companies that won't claim inclusion or inclusivity. I even watch college football, and I hear that word a dozen times during a college football game. Inclusive. Well This is how I believe God sees inclusive. Now, let me go back into Jesus' day and St. Paul's day. And they have the same problems that we do today. You know, we, we have conflict between races and religions and other groups. And in Paul's day and Jesus' day, there were Jews and Gentiles. And, and the Jews said, well, we're God's chosen people and the gospel came to us and Jesus was a Jew, so we're just a little bit more special than others. And the Gentiles who came to faith are saying, hold on here a minute, we are just important in the kingdom of God because God in Christ redeemed and forgave us. And there's always that tension there. And the scripture I want to read to you about that comes from the, comes from the reading today. And these are the words, and it says this. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call on him. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, if you're Russian or American, if you're Al-Qaeda or you're a patriot, Jesus Christ died for all and Jesus Christ loves all and Jesus Christ calls all to repent. You see, this is what everybody on this planet, no matter their religion, no matter their background, no matter their race, no matter their creed, no matter their pedigree have in common, everyone is a what? Sinner. For who sinned before God? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Matter of fact, that's something we're born into. Everyone in God's eye is a what? Sinner. Oh, not me. I'm a little bit better. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody is a what? A sinner. But then there's a picture of the globe. What do we all have in common? We're all made by who? God. God is the creator of everybody and everyone. We're made in his image. In my marriage counseling, I'll ask couples. The Bible says we're made in God's image. What does it mean to be made in God's image? And sometimes people just look at me. What does it mean to be made in God's image? Because God made us. Well, it doesn't mean we look like God. God's a spirit. What does it mean to be made in God's image? Well, God gave us a mind. God gave us reason, God gave us intellect, God gave us a heart, God gave us a soul to be spiritual, God gave us emotions, he gave us the ability to love and to cry and to hurt and to care, God gave us a a morality and a spirituality to be in, in spiritual connection with God, so God made us all in his image. You know, we can talk about naturalism or atheism, and we can say that there's similarities between us and animals. But there's one thing that animals can't do that we human beings can. Animals cannot be creative. Animals are not artistic. God didn't create them that way. But he made us humans that way because we're made in his what? Image. We're made in the image of God. So what do we all have in common? We all have in common that we're all sinners and that we're all made in God's image. We can be creative. We can be artistic. We have gifts and skills. And the final thing that we all have in common is Jesus Christ died for who? Who? All, all, all. Everybody. We can say us. I like everybody. Because if there's an us, there's a them. God died. Christ died for all. That's what we all have in common. Why can we be inclusive? Well, we're all sinners. God made us all in his image. And Christ died for who? All. All. For everyone now, now, today we saw God's particular grace touch Capri Shiloh, just as he has for us. Can you read this with me? And friends in Christ, that is the crux of our faith. Let me go through it line by line. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, if I confess in my mouth that Jesus is God, he's the Savior... Uh, No offense, Jesus is more than just a psychotherapist. Jesus is more than just my best buddy. Jesus is more than just my life coach. Jesus is more than just a social justice warrior. Jesus is just more than my homeboy. Jesus is Lord and Savior. He's more than my best friend and life coach and psychotherapist. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him, where? From the dead, you will be saved. That's the crux of the Christian faith. A lot of people believe in Jesus. He's a swell guy. He's a nice man. He's my psychotherapist. He's my go-to guy when the cards are down. But this is the crux of faith. Believe that Jesus is Lord. He's God. He's my Savior. And I believe that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Because one day, friends in Christ, when we die, we believe that God will raise who from the dead? Yeah, yesterday was Phyllis Kaiser Remembrance of Baptism service. And we emphasize that she will be raised from the dead. Just like Capri, Shiloh will be raised from the dead. I know it sounds a long way away, but that day will come. You know, we light the Christ candle. We light the Christ candle three specific times. On someone's baptism, on their confirmation, and during what service? Their funeral service. It's coming for all of us. Believe in your heart, Jesus Lord. God raised from the dead, you will be saved. I like to say this, inclusion is no difference. There's no difference between anyone. There was a sinner who God made his image, who Jesus Christ died for. So this is a picture from the Synodical Convention, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Convention I was at two weeks ago. And Sunday afternoon and Monday afternoon, we had some really interesting afternoon sessions. Because during that time, our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, which is basically... The Confessional Lutheran Church in the United States of America, Are you catching that? The Confessional Lutheran Church in the United States of America, we welcomed into fellowship with us, those who agree with our teachings, those who, those who agree with our views on scripture and Jesus Christ, churches, well you can see one there, we welcomed the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ukraine. And we welcome the church from Ghana. And we welcome the church from Uruguay. And we welcome the church from Madagascar. And we welcome the church from Sierra Leone. And by the next convention, there's two or three other large Lutheran churches that believe and teach and confess what we do that want to join what? Us in partnership with the gospel. There is no difference. And so the joy is that every convention or every so many years, there's churches that want to walk hand in hand. The same message, Jesus Christ who died for all. What a blessing that was. Now, now St. Paul says this, blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news. Well, who brings you the good news? Pastors do. Teachers do. Your Sunday school teachers do. Servants in the church do. Blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news who share the inclusion of Jesus Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of Jesus. And that's what our church, that's what our school, that's what our ministry is about. Yes, even the pie pan. We will share the gospel at the pie pan. How? Through the ministry of our church and the ministry of our word. Um, this was a theme of, of our convention, so it's too good not to share. We preach who? Christ crucified. I you just didn't say we, we preach Christ, We preach Christ crucified for the sins of the world. We preach Christ crucified who forgives and redeems all of us, who leads us all in faith, who brings us all to heaven. Do you see the difference? Who died for us, who are all sinners. We preach just not Christ, but Christ what? Crucified. So friends in Christ, inclusion, everyone. Why? We're all made in the image of God. Christ died for all of us. His mercy and grace is for all who call upon him. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. And all God's people say...